How's it going, everybody? This is Martin Stokes here. And this is Dean Scurry. And I am a traveller. And I am a countryman. Welcome to A Traveller and a Countryman Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Here we're here at a Traveller and a Countryman Podcast. Here with me, mother. Big joint of a woman, as you can see. Uh, what you call a small woman with a big heart, okay? <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to try and sing a song here now and hopefully get a smile on all your faces, yeah? Only a tramp was Lazarus at fate. He who laid down at the rich man's gate. He begged for the crumbs from the rich man to eat. He was only a tramp found dead on the street. He was some mother's darling. He was some mother's son. Once he was fair and once he was young. And some mother rocked him, her darling, to sleep. But they left him to die like a tramp on the street. Jesus, who died on Calvary Street, he gave his life's blood for you and for me. They pierced his side and his hands and his feet. Then they left him to die like a tramp on the street. He was Mary's own darling. He was God's chosen son. Once he was fair and once he was young. Mary, she rocked him, her darling, to sleep. But they left him to die like a tramp on the street. If Jesus should come and knock on your door for a place to come in or bread from your store, would you welcome him in or turn him away? Then that God would deny you on the great judgment day. Then God would deny you on the great judgment day.
Welcome to a Traveller and a Countryman podcast live. Uh, so Martin, welcome to our live show. 50th episode. Martin won't tell you this, but he came up with the idea of the podcast. I didn't know what a podcast was. I didn't come around me. He didn't know what it meant. <laughs> what do you mean a podcast, you boy? Is that RTE coming in? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go through, like, step by step. You know your phone. There's a thing called Spotify. Hold on, that's too fast, too fast. Yeah. <laughs> So oh now he listens to podcasts as well. Don't mind him. I barely don't even listen to my own one. Don't mind anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you better not ask me questions. You better not put me on the spot. But the top one up there is a traveller. It used to be called a countryman and a traveller for about two hours. And then he said, no, put me up the top, Dini. Dean's a great talk when he has all the backup, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit shy in his own now in the studio, you know. <laughs> if you've heard any of the podcasts, you probably know that by now. We've done 50 episodes and some of the most interesting ones where it's just me and Martin trying to get to know each other, trying to fall in love with each other. There. You can tell by all the fights. What blew me away by that song earlier on that Martin sang is there was something missing in me that this podcast and my relationship with Martin has filled. So that's just a little bit of honesty for you, okay? There's something within me that that song and meeting Martin and having the, having the crack with him, putting the fists up, that that kind of filled that hole in me. And all I want to do is share that with the rest of the world, with everybody, and scream out, there's something to be gained here. Basically, he wants to be a traveller. That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> I think we're all travellers. Hands up in here who's not a traveller. Uh, I think we're all travellers. You're a traveller. I got a camper van off Martin a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and I've been on to him every day going, where's the logbook, where's did, the logbook, did where's you the logbook? Did you not sell it yet, no? <laughs> <laughs> he's a pure traveller. It's one of them ones, Dean, where you have to keep on to for life. <laughs> Here's, you might know this, right? Here's how the travellers do the deal, right? So say if something is 600 quid, it's 650 quid, and then they give you the 50 quid back, right? That's a little thing. But when you're a country fellow like me, you don't understand that. You're like, what do you mean you're giving me money back? I thought he was still trying to rob me, and he was handing me, for the camper van, he was handing me 500 quid back. Well, when you get robbed like that, it makes you learn, so maybe it won't happen again. <laughs> huh? So you've got to make a one good shot at it, like, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to take the, uh, this podcast on the road. Take the camper van, me and Martin, and drive around different parts. So maybe in a couple of months' time, we'll have to ask uh, the, the family, Bridget. That's a very hard thing to do when you're married to a beautiful woman and have a lovely family, honestly. It's never going to happen. Who are you talking about, me? No, your dreams. Get your, I'm, <laughs> talking about, I'm talking about your dreams. Get rid of them. <laughs> Sorry, Dean. <laughs> we were singing the song the other day, right? And at the end of it, I just said... If you say it, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I just said, you're Bridgie, because Bridgie's his wife. <laughs> I said, you're Bridgie at the end, and that was it. Didn't you throw his toys out of the pram? I wasn't really bothered about the beat that I was going to give him. It was the one she was going to give me. <laughs> Look, I was celebrating the woman, but it's like, I don't know what was going on. Here, do you want to see that scowly face on him? Look at him. What did I tell you? What did I tell you about Dean putting you in the spot? Not up here. Sorry, Dean. <laughs> All right, so welcome to a Traveller on the Countryman podcast live. This doesn't work without you, so thank you very much for, for, for coming along. Uh, and let's have a beautiful night and let's invite onto the stage our first guest for the evening, the amazing, the beautiful, the talented Sharon Ward. Lovely to hear you. I'm under serious pressure after that introduction now, Sonia. Thanks for being a guest on our show, on our podcast. So we were chatting earlier on about what we can talk about, what we can't talk about, who we can mention, who we can't mention, all that type of stuff. So I want to rip it open and get into all the mad, awkward stuff and all the real tension stuff. But we're not going to do that. We're going to wait. We're going to wait a little bit. We're going to wait a little bit. And we might get Sharon in for a proper, real two hour slow down podcast in a couple of weeks time. 
Is that okay? Yeah. Happy days. Yeah. So tonight is a test run for you, me and Martin. Because as you might know, if you listen to the podcast, the only traveller woman that we ever had on was Ellie Stokes. Yeah? The one and, the one and only. <laughs> so this right here is groundbreaking. And I invited you along because I think you're fantastic. The axe is like a second home to me. Neve here is sure. She's as good as a sister to me at this stage. Um, been very accepted here. Felt very myself, to be honest. Came in here um, with just an open mind and learned so much and educated so many people. Me and Eve being the perfect example of um, a bit like yourself and Martin. We come like from different kind of worlds, but we just clicked and... Yeah, this is home for me. I'll never refuse anything in the Axis. So Neve keeps raving about you because I know he's a besties now. It's gone past work now. We're family now. It's it's. She was one of them people, traveller people. We very strong faith in God, and I always believed that God makes you know people cross their paths for a reason. And Neve was just one of them people. And Axis, I was meant to come here, and nowhere has given me as many opportunities as Axis. And I'm be forever grateful. And I just love the Ballymun people. They're just sound. They're oh, class. Oh, it is love, isn't it? Yeah, it's just no, love. it's just a lovely place. Everybody here is just sound. Yeah, so I just love being here. I love, and I'm so happy that they're so, I mean, this is very nice. It's nice to see so many travelers and non-travelers coming together. Yeah, and I, like, what I'm trying to do with this podcast, I think what we're, we're trying to do is get rid of that. You know what I mean? Mm. Not get rid of settled and traveler, but just get rid of in our heads the first thing we see. Yeah. Is, is the label or the, the color or the sexuality. More things like this as well is more educating. Um, I could tell you a big boring story about today, but you'd be surprised how many people are not educated about travelers even now. And about the words knacker and certain words that we use is still very used with no... It's just like, oh, but we didn't mean it like that. No, it's even to these things like this is just educating because people still aren't really aware of how hurtful things can be. So basically, this band, a very upcoming band, offered me to do, plagued me basically to do a song with them for the past few weeks. And then after last night or whatever happened, they decided to put up a post. They say that there was a, the, all the knackers and the scumbags did such a thing in town last night. So All the jippos. He just said knackers. Now, I don't give a shit about what happened in town or whatever. It was just the word. Considering I educated him ten times about how hurtful the word is, and he still said it. So I haven't time to explain things like this to people. So more podcasts, more educating people. And us educating ourselves, there's still things I say that's not appropriate probably for the non-traveller community. I'm trying to educate myself as well, so more podcasts like this the better and it's learning people about cultures learning people all the nice positive things like um this is a lovely positive podcast like you know what i mean people that are on i'm not saying i'm positive poly now or anything you want to see me at home when i'm with my children but like huey's lovely positive personality like it's this is a lovely thing everybody here is obviously so wants to be here with open hearts and so yeah thanks very much for having me right yeah there. i've cried doing some of the podcasts like like tom mcdonough just bawled me lambs out listening yeah. to the honesty uh huey's daddy uh last week yeah was was stunning and i think more of it me and you should do a podcast oh yeah yeah well, yeah, see how you it'll be on. great. It would be great. This no, test, is it? Huey's oh. very honest, and that's what we need is more honesty for people to actually see. Traveller people are very, um, especially our older community, we're very private people. And it's not just so much private, it's to protect yourself because 
you're in protection mode all the time. So I suppose now, thanks be to God, because of good people like yourselves and good people in our own community, that's kind of everybody's relaxing a little bit more. No one's going in as tensed up and we're kind of letting our guards down. We're letting people learn. And people are so shocked because they just presume all travellers are fighters and we're dirty and we do this. There's so much more now, thanks be to God, that they're learning that probably the traveller people are keeping the Irish history going even in this country because we hold on to songs from hundreds of years ago and the poetry and storytelling. That's still something that's very alive. You see children that size still sitting at campfires telling stories like, you know. But one of those people that kept them going was the Peckard Dunn. Yeah, And another person that him. keeps that going is Sharon Ward. Oh, thank you. I hope so. That's only my... Listen, I don't even know what... God has planned for me. So far, he brought me to places like tonight and to stages. And I suppose I had a job to do. I don't really want to be famous. If it comes, it's good. I'm not in for money. I'm not in it to be like, you know, I'm not really the best singer, to be honest with you. I'm only an old Irish singer, you know. I'm living a very humble life, but I'm more than willing to use every bit of energy or whatever God gave me to educate people and to make life easier for my community. We are all Irish, like we're forgetting that. We are all a community at the end of the day. It's sometimes our own, unfortunately, are the hardest on us. So I know that as a singer, those people said to me, you have it all, like, why is it not happening? You, you know, you keep yourself well, you speak well, you sing well, you've, you've everything that like a singer would need to be in Ireland. And I said, there's nothing stopping me only because I'm a traveler. And people would be like, go away with that shite. There is no other reason. It's there for the world to see. If I should have well got a record label by now, I should have had loads of tours done by now. Everybody's like, yeah, you're a brilliant singer and so and so, but who's actually going to step forward, you know? So hopefully, God, I don't know, maybe he has me on a journey to educate people, to open more chances for the next generation of singers growing up or whatever. So when you started singing, how how did that happen? I just, it's, there's no such thing as when I started. I don't ever remember not. It's a Stokes thing I do say anyway, because all my daddy's people were singers. And my big are you are you yeah. related to him? <laughs> I'd say if we went back down, every traveller somehow is related. I was talking yeah. to Ellie earlier, and Ellie knows my grandfather and my grandmother, and she would have known all my people. Um, and my big daddy, Tom Stokes, would have been a big singer. And so as a child, I would have just been listening to that. And my daddy was a singer. It was just music on. And if there wasn't music on, someone was always singing. And if they weren't, they were storytelling. There was, that was constantly just... So I've been singing like Irish rebel songs in the fields of Attenry since I was about four years of age, I'd say. You know, it's just a thing. I actually watched an old clip of my grandfather singing Pecker Dunn's music last night. Because oh, Pecker Dunn... Yeah, Pecker Dunn, I didn't realise who he was, but all my life I had heard this old traveller man, as I thought at the time, singing. I was only a little girl. And to grow up and to realise... I watched a documentary on the man one night and everything just clicked and so many memories came back to me from just all through my whole life of where I was when I heard that song first, who used to play it, why they might have played it at the time. Pecker Dunn, he, in his time, he was a quiet activist. I, I haven't got the, you know, I haven't really, I'm not really the type to go out roaring and shouting, but I just quietly can be an activist through my music or, you know, whatever. But um, he did it through his music in a nice way. And he made people feel like that song I'm going to sing later on. Like everybody kind of feels the words of that song. He had a way to connect. He was kind of a bridge between both communities, you know. 
So hopefully that's what I'm going to be. And I like that because there's, I was just saying earlier on, I can't help it. It's not, I'm not a confident person or I'm not a, you know, a bossy person, but I just don't care what room of people I go into, whether from here or there or wherever in the world. I am Sharon Ward. I am a traveler. I don't really care if you accept it or not. And I think that's why I'm kind of people are liking me because and people love all travelers that are like that and more open about it is because you're raw and you're yourself, you know. And I've had people say to me, so the next song now, the next album that I'm going to do, I'm having a photo myself with a wagon because the last album I was advised not to really have that. You know, let's just put you there first. And I regretted to this day not going with my gut instinct. So you'll see me hanging out a roof of the wagon on the front of my next album cover. That regret's going to put fire in your belly. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no. To be honest with you, I think things are way more accepted now. People are way more open-minded and we're getting places, you know. Every year, the Axis have an artist in residence. And last year, that yeah. artist was you. So yeah, that how did was that me. happen? That was true just coming over here and finding kind of a home and explaining how I felt here and just the comfort out here and chatting to Neve and Neve of course helped me out and I applied for it and I came over here every Tuesday and Thursday for a couple hours in the morning and over that year I went to loads of places we did a lovely concert we organized um, and I wrote 16 songs and recorded I think about five of them and then I ran out of time (laughs) And yeah, it was the Where best experience them? last year during the residency. Where? Here? Oh no, out in Shankill with Dick Farley, who is, and at the time I was like, oh, yeah, your mom was like, it's Dick Farley. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And then I realized Dick Farley is actually the man. His father wrote all the music for the film, The Isle of Inish Free. So I was like, oh yeah, Dick Farley's on that album. You know? <laughs> now you know. You know who Dick Farley is. We'll tell you who he is, you know, because every traveler knows that film, uh, The Quiet Man and the Know All songs of them and whatever. So what did you do here on your residency? Loads, tons. We put, put together a concert called Building Hope and that was myself, Steel Wall, Trish Riley. And we basically just sat here chatting, highlighting problems like I just talked about. Um, the suicide rate in the traveller community, what might be the reasons for it, all that kind of stuff. And then just the music, the nice positive things, um, the poetry, the art, the natural kind of, just the women, how naturally good they are, like so on, and just all the things about travellers. It was really lovely. It was a really good response from that, you know. All the little daily visits and chocolate muffins and cups of tea with five <laughs> sugars. I used to come over here and pretend I was coming for the songwriting, but it was just for the muffins. So Neve said to me earlier on, tell her, tell them about trad, tell them about the trad fest, oh, tell them yeah. about the trad fest. So what about the trad fest? So I forget what she said it was earlier, because you see, that's how like I don't really take things very serious. Yeah. I know I'm in trad fest, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to be in trad fest, and apparently it's going to be in a room full of like festival organizers and promoters or whatever record labels are important really important people anyway and they give me a space to go in there and see what the world has there's opportunities for tours or just big things hopefully i don't think it's going to really work out in ireland so i'm hoping i have been invited to america i didn't go last year so hopefully that'll be something i'll do next year as well why won't it work out in Ireland, Sharon? 
I'll just give you a little example. And she's very good friends with lots of venues locally in Dublin. And she was like, let's get you some gigs, get that tour organized. And I said, it's not going to happen, you know. And she was like, it will, Sharon, don't be silly, they can't judge you. So she came back to me anyways, and she said a very good friend, a person that had went to his place for years, 20 years eating food, and he knows the family really well. And she mentioned to him about me, and he said, ah, yeah, I heard about her. Um, fantastic singer. She should have won that show and so and so, but I don't know about taking the chance of giving her a gig because what kind of crowd is she going to attract? You know, and we have problems with travelers in the past. And what if she attracts that crowd again? So she said to him, she was very angry, obviously. And she said, I can't believe you would even say that about my friend. She doesn't even drink. She's never been in a fight. Like, well, I was in a few tumps now. My teenage years won't lie. <laughs> Had a right few tumps. But I mean, like, now you wouldn't see me doing that, if you know what I mean. But the woman was saying, like, she's a lovely, respectable woman. Her family's very respectable. You're like, they're not going to do that. And she said, and then I even got angry of why I should have to explain that to him. Like, it's just, it was his mindset. I'm sorry. Great singer, she's fantastic, she's one of the best Irish singers, but we can't take the risk of having a traveller. And 90% of the venues that I've emailed haven't even emailed me back. There's been no response, like, or whatever. It wouldn't be me emailing, I don't even know how to do an email, but I mean, my friends or whatever helping me out. So yeah, I don't think it'll happen in Ireland, to be honest. There's just too much, unfortunately, as hard as it is, to, and I even feel bad sitting here saying this in front of so many non-travellers that are actually here to support us, but unfortunately, the, our own Irish people are the hardest on us. You yeah, know? but is it the public or is it the people with the power that's the problem? It's everyone, because the people in the power are educating the people underneath us. They're just giving them this perception about us, do you know what I mean? Like, And is any of our people ever going to reach that height in the government? That's why I don't do politics, because I'd only drive myself stone man- mad, you know? And all the stuff that's going on in the world lately, to be honest, which I won't even go into it, it's too negative. But it triggers a lot, because I don't actually think the Irish people or any people in the world really know what the traveller people went through like in how much trauma and they must still carry like from being dragged from place to place to place even you know in the past and things that still goes on there's still a fear in us like my father was an undiagnosed schizophrenic god help him couldn't go for help we were warned as children when he took a fit if he took you know he never put a hand on us he never did anything evil to us or anything but he was really sick with his nerves and we had to hide that we had to deal with that because afterwards mommy would say don't say anything when you go to school so you go into school and you'd be et with anxiety and you couldn't say anything because you were going to get taken away from your mother and father and that's the way it was because the social workers were going to come out and say well you're not capable and you're taking a nervous breakdown because your husband's not well so no one's here to mind them children do you know so we had to that was the choice you kept it bottled up or you were going to get taken away until you reached a certain age and then it got to the stage where there was so much shame from even our own community, unfortunately, there was, and, and men are meant to be tougher and have this role and whatever. And when daddy, when his role was kind of slowing down, he hid away because it was easier. There was no shame to carry. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of that fear is still in traveler women, even after they have babies and have postnatal depression or afraid their lives to say anything in case somebody might come out and take away your baby. That used to happen 50 years ago. It's never going to happen now. But it's, you see, it's like generational trauma gone down. You know? 
But I will tell you. I do know, different. but I don't know. Yeah, but I, I know. But, but I can you're feel trying. From you. you see, you're trying I'm to trying, understand. Yeah. And I'm trying to understand. Martin just tell me if we went to New York, the two of us would be treated like kings. And if we went to Dorsestry, I'd be treated like a king. And I'd get locked up. <laughs> Please, he, just, he get a good carbon. And that's only for asking for a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what I was saying about New York. This man is a man from Dublin who happened to just get lucky in life, become he's you know, he's good friends with like Alex Ferguson and so on and so on. And he came across me, I suppose he watched one of the lives where I felt expressed to him how I felt about not having opportunities or whatever. And he was like, my friend owns a big bar over in Manhattan and we're going to get you over here. We're going to pay for your flights, your accommodation. We're going to bring you to the Broadway shows and blah, blah, blah. And I said, God, you only left Ireland once in my life and taken. Who's going to mind me children? No. So I was like, yeah, but that is a huge thing for me. But that is an opportunity I will take. So the opening song that we had was Damien Dempsey Community. And Damien yeah. had to go on the same journey because yeah. we weren't ready to listen to that voice, that yeah. Dublin voice here. You know what I mean? That was 20 years ago. So we're not ready to listen to that voice here. So go away and spread your wings and get the love there. And then maybe in five years, we might be able to embrace you. I think I'm probably just gone out of fashion because I'm singing songs like 70 years of age. People are like, what? It's like, it's so like, the Wolf Tone sold out the Blade Electric Picnic? Yeah, just yeah. Stop. And it's, it's gas because I always just presumed it was my age group and above that always liked music but there's not there's such a young audience now I think they're kind of learning more about their Irish history and blah 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 and they're really interested in all the songs now you won't catch me singing anything political at all <laughs> anything like <clears throat> to, ah, no on you on. won't <laughs> I was going Never. to say there, one of the things you said was, Martin has always said to me, I'm going to tell you this, but don't say nothing to no one, right? Yeah. And almost everything he we says We always say that. Privacy. You better not say it, hoping they'll just say, not say your name. Almost everything. And I know it's privacy, but almost everything. The sentence just because you might trust that. one person doesn't mean you trust the whole world. Yeah. So if I want you to, to tell you something, it doesn't mean Dean, go shout it out. I feel like I have to instruct you, Dean, keep that to yourself. But it's not just to me, I'm sure uh, it's not just to I'd me. Say, I'd say this man's it. poor wife is now, is Bridgie your wife's name? Yeah. I'd say Bridgie's not able to stick them to, would you? <laughs> That's why I don't bring him around. No, I'm I'd like say poor Bridgie can't the stick them. Industry, you know what I mean? I don't know who he is. Mickey, Mickey Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to come up? Come on, Ellie. Yeah, come on up, Ellie. Come on, Ladies up, and gentlemen, Ellie. please welcome to the stage. Don't bring that chair out on the microphone. No, you're grand. You're gonna, I'm going to make come you come on up. up. You're going to come up and that's the end of the story. Please give her a round of applause. The one and only Ellie Stokes. <laughs> oh, thank you. Helen, you don't have to do anything. You being on stage is a groundbreaking moment for this community, okay? And for me, that's and it. Helen, Ellie won uh, the spirit of the community and was presented it in, on this stage last year. It was our very first time in the theatre. And the very first time she walked in there, she was presented by the Lord Mayor, the spirit of the community. Okay? And then a few months after that... <laughs> and a few months after that, in this building, uh, President Michael Higgins and his wife, Sabina, was in here to give her uh, uh, another award. Okay? For being the strongest traveller woman in St. Margaret's Park. Yeah! <laughs> That's mommy too for me. I'm telling you now, you have no idea how much I love her. Oh, and we got oh, we get to hang out all the time and I slag the shite over, but and then she breaks my heart. We recorded the song the other day. I was just gonna say that, Dean. It's okay, why you talk about that please? Uh, I'm trying to get you to talk all bleeding. We night. recorded a lovely song of my mother here a couple of days ago, yeah. And she sang it absolutely beautiful. But um, he just forgot to press record. Oh. 
So Dean, can you explain how that happened? She was pulling the lamps out and all, like she was crying. Can you explain how that happened, Dean, please? She was looking at me crying, and I thought she loved me, but it was a picture of a brother. Your brother, yeah. What's your brother's name? Willie. Willie. When did he pass? He died two months. When did he die two months Ah, oh, I cannot sing it now. Put you on the spot, Mother. He's good at this. Come on, you're a good He's putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> He's putting you on the spot. You don't have the picture, do you? That's not all. Forgot about it. I want to bring Ellie oh. home forever. Oh. No, I can't get over the middle of the Come on, Ellie. You're all right. Come on, Ellie. I once had a love. And I knew her quite well And I hated others that spoke of her well But now she is gone with someone to the well Oh, the day she got wed to another the bride and bridemaid to the church they did go. We all polished on and we made a fine show. But I polished on with me heart full of woe. All the day she got wed to another. The boys of the parish, they were looking at me. How many strawberries grows in the salt sea? My turning round and a tear from my eye. How many ships sails in the forest? Oh, dig me a grave, and dig it so deep, and cover it over with those flowers so neat. And leave my brother Willie down for to have the last sleep, oh, the day that I'll never forgive him. Oh, that was, that was so lovely. Um, couldn't hear the singing. Wasn't that just haunting? You see, that's yeah, why I was reared, fun. born and reared listening to, and that's that's why I love singing with no music, because that's that's what the pure traveller yeah. people were on the side of the road with their old campfire and the crackles of it, and just singing like that. Their voices was their instruments. <coughs> oh, my mother was a beautiful singer. Oh, you were. She too. was no my my mother was beautiful. Tell us a bit about your mother. Sing any song in the country, Scott. Yeah, no. Oh, she was a great singer. She learned a lot of songs from her father. Yeah. He was a very good singer too, as well. A lot of travellers made up their own my songs. My mother, mother knew every song. Mm. She's a lovely singer. She was. Oh, she yeah. My father was okay. He was all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's a typical woman. But and he's it, all right. my father. Yeah. He was singing, and he was getting no heed. He yeah. kept jodling. Yeah, yeah, Singing yeah, yeah. But nobody had given him heed. <laughs> That's what you do. I can see a Travel Woman podcast happening. What do you think? Yeah, I do. Yes. <laughs> That's the magic. It's only had to take us one, well, a year and a half with him. It's only had to take us a year to get to this all, point where there's two Travel Women and a Travel Man and a set man yeah, sitting back. Is, yeah. 
They were very good we're singers, everyone. Yeah. So we're just our own podcast over here. He just can't help it. It's just, uh-huh, that's he's that beautiful. He's that be- well done, Ellie. You don't know him, honey. You know what you hear? I'll you to pick up the bike. You won't put it down now, would you? No, she's taking over now. <laughs> Me and you, take keep that. I don't know what you to talk about. <laughs> Will you sing that song again for Huey? You went out for a week. No. <laughs> Huey has well to go down on now, you see. <laughs> the other song you have, that mother. Do you want, do you want another short sing song? Sing that other nice song you have. Do you want another short? Because I know Sharon has to go home. There's babysitters and there's toy shows and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Do you want another short song from Ellie? Yes, please. And then we'll finish it with Sharon. Is that okay? Yes. yes. Uh, I'll go on with a little brass. This one. is history for me, Ellie. I'm honoured to be here Your beside father's you. Your father's song, they couldn't sing. One. Yeah. What? has it? Oh, I have to have I might break down with this now, I don't know. The sun was set behind the hill All across yon dreary moor And tired and weary a poor boy can Unto a farmer's door My father's dead, my mother she's left with five we children small It's the biggest loss to my mother, he said I'm the eldest of them all Open the door, Mrs. Kelly cry And let that poor boy in Although he's small, he's willing to work have you give him employ? He can rip her saw or plow or mow or be a farmer's boy. At long at last he become a man when the good old couple died. They went in the house and then and the daughter far abide. But now we'll sit and have a chat and think of his gone by. Twas the lucky day he came the way to be a farmer's boy. Very good, very good. Oh, right, Missy, it's on I you now. I think Ellie should have a concert. He, oh, we would. Once you sing it now, we'll sing. I'll sing this. Yeah, it's one on you Ellie. now, Lovie. Is this you my to, mic? To follow, you have to follow Patty Labelle there. Jeez, I don't know how I'm going to make a comeback after oh. Ellie now. Oh, for course. So the next song. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Dean, you have to get me and Ellie going for a podcast. Should I have one? Sure, the month Yeah, me and you need to get one. And I'm happy with me, Now, so the next song I'm going to sing, Ellie will know who <laughs> this singer is. Pecker Dunn. Pecker Dunn is one of my favourite singers anyway. And my grandfather, my father, I would have listened to all them, kind of listened to his music growing up. But this song is one that always hits everyone's spot. Um, Pecker wrote this song. It's called Tinker's Lullaby. Oh, Sorry. Oh, I heard it on the Anyway. Go to sleep, my little tinker. Let all your troubles pass you by. For you have no place to camp now. 
Adults are tinkers lullaby Ever since you were a baby Cradled in your mother's shawl Society said they did not want you And now you have no home at all And when your mother died and left you You have to fend all alone All in this land of saints and scholars And still you have not got a home Although your clothes are torn and raggy And your hair is silvery grey Someday you'll die and go to heaven and you will find a campground there so go to sleep my little tinker let all your troubles Pass you by For you have no place to camp now Adats a tinker's lullaby Woo. Thank you everyone Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's the first half. Thank you very much. Give them a round of applause. And Stokes, Sharon Ward, man. Stokes, Steve Scurry. See you in a minute. Thank you very much, everyone. A prodigal son, one straight from his father, to travel the land of hunger and pain. And now I can see the end of my journey. I'm going to heaven again. I'll leave you the day to help all your neighbors. I'll leave you the night to solemnly pray. So try to repent and ask for forgiveness. We'll meet up in heaven someday.
Goodbye to this world with all of its sorrow. Goodbye to the fields that I used to roam. I'm going away where life is eternal. My shepherd is calling me home. From out of the skies, he's coming to greet me. To wash all my sins and call me his own. His servants will bring a ring for my finger and never no more will I roam and now I must go back home to my maker where kindness and love will make us as one so try to be strong if you're ever tempted just remember the prodigal son not too bad after a course of antibiotics <laughs> okay we're going to welcome the one and only the crazy dean scurry martin was on stage martin was on stage on his own there that was i was amazing. hoping he wouldn't turn up <laughs> I can't wait till this podcast is just a traveller man and they tell me to fuck off like absolutely Martin well done big round of applause to Martin Stokes <laughs> Helen Stokes Ellie Sharon Ward so I don't know if you know that but that there on stage hasn't happened it has never happened okay this doesn't happen two traveller women on stage talking and being honest with each other that needs to happen more and one of the reasons I've done this podcast is to eventually get to that point. And we just need to do more of it. We need to do more of it. We need more people, more travelers of all shapes and sizes from everywhere, just on stages, chatting, doing podcasts, doing TV shows, doing radio shows, doing books, whatever it is, whatever it fucking takes. Let's just keep on doing it. That's it. Are you ready for our next guest? <laughs> I love this fucking mad bastard. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Do you want to feel Yumi Martin? Get on stage there. Come on, Yui. Come on, Yui. Out your big ass, can't get on the sea. Is this discrimination? <laughs> it's Sharon is skinnier. See, my father treats Dean like the countryman he is. He gets him to do everything for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thanks for coming along. Yeah, it was a long journey to get here. From, from over yeah. there? Yeah. You're a hard man to get in touch with. I'm a busy person, Dean. I'm very popular. I'm only joking. I'm joking. No, I, I never get awkward in front of a crowd. This is second... Do you love this? Second nature to me. It doesn't feel weird at all. It doesn't. Um, would you do your own one of these? Yeah, but I'd, I would love to do my own podcast, but it would have to be in the right vein because I think like a lot of the TV stuff I've done, I don't look back and have any regrets about it, but at times maybe I don't feel like maybe represented who I was as an individual at that time. Um, and if I was to have regrets, I could regret some things, um, but what's the point having them because you can't go back and change anything anyways. So I think we're... we're Even of, the ball's time now. 
No, that, that's a major one, yeah. But <laughs> no, it's not because I regret it. I know what happened. It was 50% deliberate and 50% not deliberate, let's be honest. But um, it definitely destroyed me afterwards. Like, I had a lot of work at that time that I was lined up to do that all got completely cancelled because apparently I dressed in blackface and made fun of black people and all this. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know what blackface even was. I was 22 and very excited and I hated one of the producers. So I wanted to do something to try to deny them, which is bad. To, well, I'll admit it now. But I just, like, some of those things. So I think, like, I have wanted to do a podcast because I do like to talk a lot. It's surprising. And I like to learn about people and give my opinion on certain things. But... Some of the people that I've had in contact to do a podcast with have wanted to water certain things down and conversations or make it to be like, for example, I did want to do pop culture subjects in it, but they wanted to make it either completely about that or not. And then, for example, you couldn't have a conversation that could be deemed political if you're doing a podcast that's about... I don't know, Love Island, Big Brother, or social media, whatever it is. I don't understand why it can't be like a wide variety. Do you understand? Um, but I get it with bigger organizations to have sponsorship and to have to follow a certain route with it. I understand the media industry. So if I knew what to edit and stuff, I'd probably just do it on my own, but I don't. So I need to, I don't know, start smaller to do what I want to do, but figure out how I'm going to do that. I'll help you. Okay. <laughs> You've asked me and then you never got back to me. Is that a traveler um, handshake? I think we should do one. I think we, we should try one. I think it'd be good. Yeah, definitely. It'll crack. With the right subject matter, like it's, I think like for me, like just going forward is like anything I was, was to take on, like in the past with TV things, I would just not say no to anything, right? But then I was asked to take part in a documentary that was like a series, a docu-series. Um, and it turned out to be called The Gypsies Next Door. But I was like, privy enough to how producers and stuff work um and this is when i lived in england and this was like a big wake-up moment as well for me like even with stuff that i do and i take this forward with like any opportunities i get within the media is they um they wanted it to be about me and the person i was with at the time who's not from the traveling community they said i'll use a perfect example and they asked me like, oh, so what's the issues that you have that's connected to you being a traveller and him not being a traveller? Now, there's many, many issues, but I can't turn around and say our ethnicities was anything to do with that. So I just didn't want to take part in it. I just thought it was suspect. And then when the show came out, um, you know, Telma Medine, the woman from Gypsy Weddings, the dressmaker woman, yeah. the blondie yeah. scouse woman. Scouse woman, yeah. yeah. So she contacted me after that to take part in something she was doing and um, it didn't happen because the pandemic came in and she started her own production company called Medine Morris Productions with a gypsy woman called Cassie Morris. Cassie has loads of like horses and she lives in East London. Her husband is a, a British a film producer. He's made like films with, um, you know, like Danny Dyer and all will have been in like those types of films, def- like British movies. And they, the producers rented horses from her and put them in the documentary, put one in the garden of a traveller family and then filmed the neighbours that were non-travellers, asking them about, about how that makes them feel. But then that got put on TV as if they've had long-standing issues with each other because this traveller family keeps horses in the front garden. 
So, like, do you know what I mean? They're just trying to put, inject... But how naive, obviously, is the Traveller family for one? But I get it as well, because I, I would have listened to anything a t- television producer would have told me, hence some of the behaviour <laughs> in the past. Um, but I, I could kind of clock onto that. So, like, even if, as, like, where we started, like, would I like to do a podcast? I would, but it has to be in, in the right vein. And I know, like, for other work that I still want to do and ambitions that I still have, we live in a world that's full of cancel culture right now. I don't think anybody can have an opinion that there's a problem with it. If I was to be part of something, let's say there's a conversation, something just take a sound bite from that, that then can just be used against me on social media. Yeah, because I can get away with saying a lot of shit, but I don't have the megaphone that you have. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have the views anyways that would get me cancelled, if you know what I mean. But I, I know how editing can work. Do you understand what I mean? Like, it's very easy for me to say something even as an example, but then... That can be talk and I, it can be made to think like I literally said that. Do you know what I mean? When I wouldn't have. So what do you think of this? It's fantastic. It's the first of its kind. I've never seen it. In fact, I don't even know. Have I even seen a podcast with Travellers on it? I don't think there is one. I don't think is. so. And even... I think uh, Bean's done one and John done one for a while. John Connors. Yeah. They've done they're a couple of episodes. I see. Uh, like, remember when I done this podcast a while back and you mentioned, because I was only thinking of it earlier about having Traveller women on the podcast. Like, that would be absolutely fantastic. Like, you've seen loads of... Uh, there's just as much diversity within the traveling community as anywhere. Like, completely there is. But it's about people being honest and showing that, which is, I think, is what Sharon met early, meant earlier on when she was talking about people being honest and being open. Because there's a very much a part of traveler culture, I think, is very much think about what the neighbors think. I don't personally agree with that because there's always going to be judgmental people in the world and I definitely don't want to live my life secretly in any capacity just because the neighbour might have a problem with that because that's a huge part of the issue of trying to change things for travellers in society is if we're not showing the individuality and diversity well then we kind of can't expect people in society who are can be very naive a lot of the public is very naive, hence why they still buy newspapers and believe everything they read and why social media is so huge and reality television, all those things, because people genuinely believe what you read, what you watch, and they take that in. So if you're constantly putting out there, whether it's very positive or very negative, the same type of ideology about one community, well, then I can understand why a society would pigeonhole travellers then, do you know what I mean? So... Because there's a hierarchy with gender, and that's society in general, but I do think with traveling community and other very like traditional religious backgrounds or whatever, men take a leadership role. There's probably more acceptance to a man speaking about his mistakes, his problems, or anything he has done, or putting himself forward to a woman. So to get a traveler woman to sit on a podcast and speak about her life very in-depth. I, I don't know when that's going to happen. Like, would we get a traveller girl to go on Love Island? I, I don't think that would happen. we got a traveller boy to do it. we get a traveller boy, but, but traveller boys can mostly do what you want compared to the girls. So, like, let's be honest. So, and that's society anyways, but it's, it's worse in that way. So how... how those things are necessary for representation, but girls are, and women are more expected to play a backseat role. Like women were in history with Ireland or wherever. So that would be, you're right on the money with it. That would be 
the best thing you could ever have on a podcast. But I would also worry about how honest a person would be when they're being there, because that can be also damaging that you could have somebody come on and they then constantly put it in a certain narrative and that's not progressing anything. Like, do you understand what I mean? No. So, like, if you were the traveler girl who was on Big Fat Gypsy Weddings and she sits there and she tells you, I don't, I'm not allowed to go outside, I don't go to school, I just want to get married, and that's fine, that's perfectly fine. But let's say, and I know it's not true for all of them, but let's say that um, that's not the truth. Well, then she's just told a lie on a documentary that's portrayed as the secret world of travelers. So that gives the viewer a subconscious idea that they're seeing something and that's genuinely true like you're hearing it from travelers so that that's worse than maybe not having representation what you need is is, is a wide variety of people which exists but to just not all how i am do you know what i mean like i'm just myself and how i am now is the same person you'd speak to outside it's the same person who was well not the same person now as i was on big brother i've changed i've grew up since then changed? understand the industry a lot more a huge thing was when I was a teenager, um, I wanted to be famous. The reason why I wanted to be famous is because I thought being famous would then make me popular because I never was, because I was so badly judged all my life. I thought, oh, well, if you're famous, that means you'll have loads of friends, everybody will like you. That sounds so glamorous and brilliant. But when somebody comes up to me in the street and says, oh, I love you, you're brilliant, what I now understand is, no, they don't love me, they don't even know me, but what they mean is, like, I think you're funny or you're nice or you're cool or I like watching you. So that made me realise that it's not all the same behind the scenes as what it is, in, in what, what it's portrayed as. So that side of me hugely changed. And what was, I think, very negative reasons for wanting to be in that industry is completely different. And what I've had to find now is like just go back to being a child and why I always wanted to be an entertainer of some sort was because I, I enjoyed doing that. I like making people laugh. I like standing up for what I believe in. I love people that put themselves out there against the entire like view of everyone and doesn't, well, it's not that you don't care about the judgment, but what I mean is that when you're being yourself and you're doing nothing wrong to anyone, well, then I, I don't care about the judgment at all. And those are the types of people I've always admired in my life. And that's what that man is doing there. Yeah, definitely. For him, for him to do this is, is fantastic and it's brilliant and is admirable. But I, I think those things change. I mean, could anyone at 21 say they're the same? I'm like 30 next year. Everyone changes in that time anyways, do you know what I mean? So I just grew up in the normal ways that you would, but I learned a lot about the world that I wanted to be part of and how fake it is. And this is why when I watch and see a lot of influencers that a lot of people follow, um, I know how false it is because I have friends that are managers and are agents. And like, for example, the thing that happened last night, and I like the person, so I won't say the person's name, but somebody put put a distant or caption is a very popular influencer young person successful that they're winning their fight tonight for the three kids who got stabbed and it's i look at stuff like that and i know that that's done because it gains uh, likes and comments because algorithm is everything for an influencer online they have to show their impressions and everything to brands and that's how they earn money it's such a, f a fake industry and that's one of the big things that I learned. What else? I think as well, when I was 21, I always wanted to not live at home anymore. Um, I wanted to move and see the world um, and 
that didn't necessarily mean living in a seven-star hotel in Dubai. That could have been anywhere, just see something else. You know, go off into fishbowl in Valley Mundi to fishbowl somewhere else. It didn't matter where it was. I just wanted to see something different. But I actually love being home now. I'm very patriotic about Ireland. I've always been a very patriotic person. A lot of people see me as very different in the traveling community, but I'm not at all. My views have only ever been because I wanted to help people. It's never been because I was against travelers by saying I don't like how judgmental people are. I attribute so much of that. No one talks about it. They still don't talk about it. The internal stigma in the traveling community, I say, is the biggest reason why the suicide the revenge porn, the homophobia, if women remarry, if families have different dads or different mums and the mum and dad has moved on, huge judgment. The first argument one of them children has, that's the first thing that's brought up to them. If my third cousin has an argument with someone for some bizarre reason that means to call me every name underneath the sun, I don't understand why. And it doesn't upset me, but it's it's something that needs to be talked about. And that's why, in my opinion, you have those huge issues in the traveling community. I, I, my view is being called a knacker in school isn't the same as that. It's not the same as that at all. It never will be, but nobody talks about it. And when I brought forward these ideas to Varty and other people, they've loved the idea, but it, it's not commercial. I was actually told by, um, and this was like, I was 18 months getting people together. It was so hard to get people together to take part. It was meant to be called Taking On The Travellers. Same people that make Stance With The Stars was doing it. Everyone was on board. That's probably the biggest production company in Ireland, Shinnewill Productions. Like they made uh, the Vice, Dancing With The Stars, You're A Star and all them years ago, all them shows they made. What It was 18 months trying to get people together. So many, any gay travellers I spoke to that are even open to the... There's f- more than one. <laughs> exactly. Please trust me, there's more than one. <laughs> Some of them are married and all. I promise you. <laughs> 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 Turn on grinder on the traveller's side and it's like a drum player. It's like all the notifications. I promise. Trust me, there's more than one. I promise you. They're closer than you... They're closer than you think, Dean. Look to your right. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, where were we, Martina Dean? Stokes. Dean, why do you keep interrupting me? I'm joking. Where were we? Uh, I was somewhere. You were talking, Mommy. Where was I? I told you to keep up. <laughs> um, no, we were right. Where were? Oh, yeah, the documentary. So, loads of them said to me that right, they're openly gay. I'll just carry on, but to use uh, under Facebooks to use the Irish version of their real name, so they're not easy to find. The, uh, the this is a common phrase: is look, I'm open. My family is happy, but I don't want to rub it in their face. I mean, when your sister gets married, everyone goes to the wedding. That's not rubbing how straight she is in anyone's face. So, is it rubbing it in their face, or do you actually have a problem? Which one is it? Do you know what I mean? So that's how long it took. Then finally got group of people together, each side was happy with. What I was told by the last people, which would be the executives on all shows, as I understand, that sign off on it in order to how you get the funding to do it was, um, this is a brilliant idea, it's fantastic, but we don't know how well it would sell. Um, we would we would pay you tomorrow morning if you could go to Dunsink Lane or go to a place like this or anywhere where there's a tra- traveller families where there's been any sort of history of crime or whatever it is and that would be signed off immediately. So 
did, they would sign off for me to do a documentary that would have a lot of negative aspects with zero positives. But when I was trying to make something that nobody has ever made, which would be about just travelers, not racism against travelers, not culture, nothing, just about how travelers judge each other and where those problems are. And that's coming from somebody where that's their own lived experience. To me, that's, Nobody's ever done that, and that would be a very interesting documentary that, that wasn't something that would sell in Ireland. That travellers judging each other thing is kind of like what Sharon was talking about and alluding to as well. So, where did it come from? How do we smash it? Just people being honest and having conversations, but I don't know... I don't, I don't even know how... Travellers have evolved in the last 10 years. Like, look at the amount of travellers that use social media compared to 10 years ago. Um, I always describe travellers to, like when I've done this show in America called The Challenge, I've done two seasons of it, and it's a show where there's reality TV stars from around the world come together to do like a competition-based show. So there's all different ethnicities, all different groups of people from different countries together. Some of them can't even speak English properly. Like we're all learning from each other in there. And when they've asked me, asked me, asked me, asked me, asked me, Asked me, how do you, how would I just describe how the, I don't know the culture would be? I always say that I think the traveling community, how I was probably reared up, is maybe how the settled Irish people were a generation or two behind. Do you understand what I mean? Like how their parents were, their grandparents were with views. And there's so many positive things. Like I think like the pluses are there's a lot more community spirit, they're a lot more family oriented in general. But then the opposite side is, is that they don't allow nor respect evolution, which is happening. So that's happening, but no one talks about it or acknowledges it. Our traveler rights organizations don't, there's no funding for those types of projects. If there is, they're very scarce and far between. I think that we should always remember where we came from, but remember, like, know where we are now. Like, for example, would you just have an issue with all of Britain because of what happened in the past? I'd, I'd like to think no. I did when I was younger, but then I, I matured and grew up and yeah. educated myself and met English people and I have English people in, in my family. Like. And now you saying that, is that disrespectful to the Irish freedom fighters or anyone? It isn't. Like you were allowed to move on. So that's the same thing as like, I respect where I come from and I understand older people who, that's been their whole, I do not expect an older person to live in, my generation's way of life at all. I completely understand that difference and I respect everyone around the world with all their views. But what I don't like is the feeling of it being put onto you. Do you understand what I mean? Traveller is blood, it's ethnicity, it's where you, it's as much as, as being black or whatever you are, like that's what you are, but that shouldn't dictate how you live. Do you understand what I mean? So that's just my personal view. Like you're asking how would that change? It's people show their individuality outright. I think a lot of people are trying to end their pursuit of something positive to make a positive change in society. It's also trying to hold on to things that probably don't work in today's world. Would, would 1970s Ireland, whether it was positive or negative things, look, would that still work in 2023? Like, do, do you understand what I mean? Well, 1970s Ireland, if me ma and da worked in a government organisation and then they got married, me ma had to stop working then. In 2023, with that, and I, this is, I also don't agree with that, that would be something that people frown upon today. Women would frown upon that today and it said women fought for rights and women should have careers and all. I think 
if you want to be a housewife, well, that should be respected also. But just in general, in society, what would people's views on that be? Do you understand what I mean? So times change, so I don't see why that can't be kept up with. You can be a traveler and be yourself. That, that's just a path that I try to take. I'm a bit, I'm a bit tired of it a little bit now in the sense that even if I was to do a podcast, I'm not sure how much of that content I'd even include, Dean. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to be able to do it. I don't know how, like, it's, you feel, you get to a stage where it's like, you do these conversations in front of people and you talk about all these things, but who's with you trying to do that? Like, who's with you trying to do that? Because they're all, they say it all here, but then if they're in a room that was just travellers, would, would they answer questions so honestly? Yeah, I don't know because... They wouldn't. That's, tried it's it. a rhetorical question. It's like they wouldn't because if I was to say to the average traveller, would you be okay if your daughter married a black man or Muslim man or non-traveller man? They might tell me on their own, do you know what, actually, I'd probably rather them marry a traveller, but look, if they're happy, that's okay. You get 10 more travellers in a room or that's on camera, there's not a hope or they're giving you an honest answer. Because they're so scared of what travellers think. Because that's how they're reared. My father had a saying, your name is everything. Lose that, you've lost it all. Now you take that into your head, which thank God I didn't, which he wouldn't have meant for me to have this reaction at all. He would have thought he was doing good. But if you take that enough into your head, and let's just say before I came out to my family, somebody screenshot a text message and put that on Facebook, that type of ideology could have got me to do anything to myself. Do you understand what I mean? Because you're telling me without that, that well, then you're nothing. It's only because I went to high school, like second, high school, because I'm always around not just Irish people, but secondary school. That, that is the best thing I've ever done in my whole entire life. I didn't use secondary school to go on to university and I don't want to. Like, that's not something that I personally want to do. It changed my life in the sense that it made me integrate into regular society so much more. Because travellers integrate into non-travellers society. It's never the other way around. Except like, for me. Except for you. But still, it's still not the same thing, if you know what I mean. Like, you don't have to... How do we even explain it? Because travellers work in all these industries now. But if 0.8% of the Irish population is travellers, it's less than 1%. It's not enough travellers in Ireland on record. No, there'll probably be more. Like, I don't sign the census form like, at all. I can't be bothered or nying. Right? But on average, let's say 90% of humans is on record. And then you put down your ethnicity and everything else. There's not enough travellers on record in Ireland to fill Croke Park. Me and Jessica went to the same school, right? We went to primary school together as well. We were in junior infants together. I remember Jessica with her pigtails and she had no glasses. St. <laughs> Joseph's was one of a kind because 50% probably... Actually, do you know now, 50% of the school is travellers, 40% is white Irish, and 10% is foreign people or black people or whatever. And also the black people are Irish. Ryan's looking at me. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If they're going to break it down in percentages, so there's actually more travellers in that school on ethnicity than anyone else. Now, you'll never get that in Ireland, you know what I mean? That's one of a kind. So therefore, in Ballymun, I don't even know if people even culturally, non-traveller Ballymunners can understand what I mean by the statistics of how few and far between, you know, travellers actually are. When I then went on to secondary school, as the couple, like the years went on, more and more travellers dropped out. Now, my generation, a lot of travellers did go on to do the leaving, and they were juniors, sir. That was a big difference of 10 years before. 
But I remember in my sixth year class, there wasn't actually a lot of us, it was probably in the 10 or 12, which again is unheard of in public state schools, private schools, there's only a smaller class. But it was a very diverse classroom of people. And like I had a girl in my class in Fortra who had a baby, she was 15. And like all of these types of things and conversations, you learn from it because I'm that type of person. And, and that learned me a lot. So I lived in a traveler's site, but then I seen all these different types of people. And I stayed in school till I was 18. Everyone of my age, most of them, my cousins and boys and girls group around were engaged and getting married at that time, which isn't bad either. That's not a bad thing at all. It's, it's probably if I explain that to people, that's probably why then I have the views that I have because I, seen something different if you know what I mean in life and I found a place where I felt secure and safe and people that I relate to and that's why I loved Big Brother when I was growing up because it was the first show of its kind and it it was a true representation of society because it showed all different kinds of people from different backgrounds going into a house together and how they actually react together and I found more people on a show like that or in school that I relate to than I did in my own family there was there wasn't anyone in my family. I had that got negative views at that time. I was very prejudiced towards travellers when I was younger. Yeah, I had very bad views against travellers years ago when I was younger because I was so judged growing up that I, I, I hated anyone who was traditional. I truly hated them with a passion. I was in London with my father when I was about 17 and I seen... It's actually... Do you know what? It's bad to even say this because I've never said this before. And I wouldn't like it to cause me an issue, but I'm, I'm halfway there. So there was a few people and there was women dressed in, and they called burkas, those things where they only see their eyes. I fully respect anyone who does that now. I started screaming at them because of what they were wearing. And there was one man with them and I was screaming into his face, telling them that he's doing that to them and that he should be ashamed of himself. And who was he to have his face out and they don't? Because I, I viewed it as they're being forced to live that way and who is he to make them live like that and what's any religion to make somebody walk around like that that was my I hated religion hated anything traditional I viewed it I watched I viewed it like how you'd watch the Magdalene sisters that's how I viewed her I had very bad views on the traveling community was probably top of my list when I was about 17 or 18 because there were the people that judged me and I felt very trapped with if you know what I mean but now that I'm older I realize well that was all my own internal suppression and that was all of my own experiences but there's diversity everywhere and I'm a traveller so how can I view everyone a certain way I'm technically saying that about myself then do you know what I mean all my own experiences like everyone it leads you to a certain place and I take the good from things and I try to speak about everything that like I've learned through my own path and journey in life but I think secondary school was for sure the time that changed a lot for me but like a big brother completely changed my life completely but secondary school led me to be around people that I felt similar to and I also find people within my own community that I found similar to and and maybe without that I don't know if I would have even had the social skills to even be able to go into a show like big brother or move to the UK and understand and try to understand other people yeah, I'm just looking at you and, I, and, and I'm in awe of you. Like I said on the, on the podcast that we've done, I think, fucking hell, look at him. Just look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to him. Hear him, hear what he's saying. You're so articulate. Because yeah, and I like being honest like about Egypt, that. But in here, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In here, in your own words, at your own time, you've got yeah. so, you've got such a handle on it all, I think. Yeah, but I, I think... I don't know everything in life, but I know myself completely. And uh, 
you need to always live your life for you. I, I, I go by that thing that I always think, right? Any baby that's born right now. Now, Ellie, in the honour of God, Ellie, Ellie. Don't make this about you, Ellie. Ellie, Ellie, I didn't do that when you were singing. <laughs> Can you see why travellers don't get invited anywhere? Can you see it? Catherine, the next time she's in your shop, I want her out. She has enough brandy drink now, Martin. <laughs> I'm joking. You in your I can barely oh see her. She's that small. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> but uh, what was I saying, Dean, before Ellie rudely well, interrupted us? you have us. such a handle and a grip on the wall <laughs> and you're saying, you're, you articulate yourself amazingly and I'm in awe of it. Yeah, I, I'd look, buddy, I don't have everything together at all in life. The phone's ringing again. Oh, shut up, you. <laughs> right. Ellie. <laughs> I swear the Holy Bible, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> when are you joking with you? <laughs> Dean, how do I fix that? Oh, for fuck's sake. Dean, help, help me put it in, Dean. Relax there, you, will you? <laughs> so come here, what's it like... mommy's face. <laughs> what's it like living uh, beside this man here? Because you're our neighbours. I remember the day Martin moved into the site. I was at... Um, I was with my father in Santry and we went to Mr. Perry's Chippers. I swear in the Holy Bible I remember this. I was probably... I'm 29... You must be 20 years living there or more. Yeah, I was only probably that age, eight or nine, and I actually remember that there. You moved into the bay where your mother lives now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. I grew up in Ballymun site. That's my home. That's where I grew up. I lived there since I was three, went to play school there. I was born in Drada in, um, well, what's the hospital called? Our Lady of Lords, yeah. Very memorable day for her. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I was the born there. The question was, what's it like living next door? He's your neighbour. Martin's lovely. I think Martin's nice. I don't know what it's like for Martin to live next door to us. We're a bit loud. What's it like living next door to him, Martin? <laughs> he's good. He's a good lad. He is very mannerly, very respectful. I, li- I, li- I like to think I am. does his own thing. I do do my own he's thing. He's a good young lad, to be honest about him Thank and you. his family, the entire family. He's living up. He hasn't said that in football no, that's for right. an hour and a half. Because I enjoy listening to him talk. That's why. He's one of the most intelligent young lads that I know around. Absolutely. And I would be country man or traveller. I don't care where he comes Thanks, from. Thanks, Martin. Yeah. I love how I'm clapping for myself. And, I, and that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't include his education as well. He had a very good education. But I don't, I don't know if the education gave him his intelligence. He's probably born with that. Yeah, I didn't do third level. I was going to go on and do media studies yeah, years yeah. ago in Ballyferma. But um, I did get into college. I got uh, grades and whatever. But I didn't end up doing it. I don't know if I have a regret about that. Because I, one thing that I'd really love to do. Is, so if I was to say, well, what would be like my biggest career goal? I'd love to be a radio presenter. Not TV presenter. I'd love to be a radio presenter. Because I find, I think radio presenters are... A lot more of the personality shows. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever see like some of the most popular ones ever in the world? People don't even know what they look like, but they think like they know them so well just through their voice. I don't know. I, I, I just enjoy that. I mean, any interviews I've ever done, my favorite has been probably podcasts, but radio interviews has been my favorite that I've ever done. The studio is very warm though. I do sweat quite easily. I don't need to know that. I'm just telling you, Dean. Sorry. <laughs> just because for a camping trip, you'll know about then. Like, do you know what I mean? That's all. Yeah, that would be a podcast I'd do. <laughs> Me and you in a camper van for a week. Huey and Dean on the road. Is that what we're calling it? The road. There's roads everywhere. <laughs> Wait, is there a place called... Oh, there is a place called Roads. It's in Greece. <laughs> oh, the fuck? Is this a plan? There's something going on here. What's I going don't on? know. Ellie, is this your work, is it? We're going to address her as Helen. Helen. My mother also wants to announce she's leaving. 
She's so if we can get a round of applause as she goes, that'll be brilliant. You off? See, she has a lot of children at home to watch the Thai show with, do you see? That's what's going on. Says her, I need to make the off license. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the plan. You missed it. Shouldn't buy a drink at the bar, it's too dare. You all stop there. Uh, up, to you, up to yoga up there. What's the number of you obey? 22. <laughs> My father did used to have CCTV years ago, but I do know now that they weren't on for years, and I think that was so he'd scare us into not smoking. It, it, it didn't work. Do you know what I mean? It still didn't work. You still find a way. But I think that was the reason for it. Uh, you should check out that, that episode, actually, Huey's Daddy, we done last week. And a lot of people told me it's really it's, it's good. I sent it to you. I haven't listened to it now. No, I, do, I feel a bit awkward listening to her. I don't know why. I do feel awkward. What's wrong with saying that, Mummy? It's actually interesting. No, I bet it's very interesting. I, 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 do you know? I don't know. Doesn't I don't know why I feel awkward as too. Well, you should listen. Not many he things make. So you should listen to it. Not many things makes me feel awkward. To be fair. I don't know why that does. Anyways, <laughs> this isn't a council session, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Do you love uh, your Do you love your daddy? I love all my family, Dame. That's a difficult answer. I love it. <laughs> I love all my family. I know you love all your family. Do you love your daddy? Well, obviously, yeah, but I wouldn't necessarily say. I wouldn't say in public. I w- no, of course I'd say public, but I wouldn't say he's. I'm emotionally tuned. He's not. I am. Oh, you don't but know. But that's his generation. To to um. Well, we have a complicated relationship. Dean, can I be like, can I feel like I'm in control and give yeah. people a microphone? You can give the microphone. If you have any questions, someone's going to put their hand up. Anybody got a question there? Hugh's going to hand the mic. Well, I wanted to pick up on something that uh, Sharon said earlier on about the suicide rate in the travel community. I don't know much about it, but I do understand that it's high. Where does it stem from? Like, what's, what do you think is behind it? Like Martin and Huey there. What do you think is the cause um, of that? And, and um, did, why is it so high? Is it a, a shame thing, an uninclusive thing? Is it right? So I think that definitely there is a thing of the shame thing for sure. I think in general society has a thing with men speaking about mental health compared to women or whatever. I think, as I said, with the other side of things with travellers, when I was talking about the sexism and homophobia, that's probably stronger. I think vice versa, it's stronger as well with men speaking about mental health and those kinds of issues. Um, just probably lack of resources for sure. I, I think the points that I made in regards to v- travellers' internal stigma with each other, I think is d- the biggest factor of all. And I don't even know if everybody in the room even understands all the statistics anyways. It's eight to nine times more likelihood of dying of suicide as a traveller. Just four times more instances of women having miscarriages and uh, stillbirths in the traveling community also. There's a lot of very bad statistics and it probably, it will come down to lifestyle for sure. But that's, that's, that, that has to be changed within the community. Like, it's fantastic what Dean is doing, what this podcast is doing. We were, me and Sharon and a few more was on Claire Byrne last year. All these things are brilliant to try change things. Um, but it has to start within the community. The, the travelers rights organizations has to start gearing their projects and campaigns towards celebrating people as individuals within the community, speaking about these things and giving people a place where they feel safe. And travellers have to stop shaming each other. That has to. That has to. Like, I, I'm a joker. I could have the most, as we could say, jiving about anything, Martin. Like, I, I'm not on off limits with me at all. But if a traveller man must, I don't know, 
maybe speak about his mental health, let's say, on a podcast. Say then he went to the pub and then the men were all jiving about that. Would that encourage him to speak about it again? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think it stems from from that part. But hopefully as time goes on, more of these types of projects and more integration into regular society also, whilst keeping and maintaining your uh, background and ethnicity and culture you come from, that maybe will change. Do you want to see more of these types of projects, more of these types of podcasts? Do you want to see Huey doing a podcast? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Ladies Thank and gentlemen, you. give this man a big round of applause. Thank you. You want, you want another song? We're going to do it now, Ellie. Shut your mouth. Why are you going on? <laughs> sing along. If you know this song, sing along with us. If you, have, if you actually have the balls, you can come up on stage and stand beside us and we're going to start off. You want to join in, Ellie? There's a microphone for you. Huh? You know, there's the words up there. Look. Hold the words. Just hum it, hum it. A hungry feeling came on me stealing. All the mice were squealing in my prison cell. And the old triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal to begin the morning a screw was born get up your bosey and clean out your cell and the old triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal. The lightless sleeping, hoping as he was creeping, as I lay there weeping, for my girl's and the old triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal up in the female prison. There were 75 women and it's amongst them I wish that I did well and the old triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal I wish to Jesus They'd raise our wages from a couple of shillings to three pounds ten. And the old triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal. 
and the old triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal. Okay, this is a song that my son Michael sings, and I'm just robbing it off him for today and giving it back tomorrow because I can't think of another song, okay? <laughs> Are we ready to go, yeah? I must away now. I can no longer tarry. This morning's tempest I have to cross I must be guided without a stumble Into the arms I love the most And when he came to his true love's dwelling He knelt down gently Upon a stone And through her window He's whispered lowly Is my true love within that home? Wake up, wake up, love, it is thine own true lover. Wake up, wake up, love, and let me in, for I am tired, love. And oh so weary And more than near Drenched to the skin She's raised her rough Her down soft pillow She's raised her up And she's let him in and they were locked in each other's arms Until that long night had passed and gone And when that long night was passed and over and when this small crowd began to grow, he's taken her hand and they kissed and parted. Then he saddled and mounted and away did go. I must away now. I can no longer tarry This morning's tempest I have to cross I must be guided Without a stumble Into the arms I love the most Take her on there, man. Ha, ha, ha.
Houdini boy, here we go, huh? Get out of here! <laughs> That's us for this episode, Traveller and a Countryman podcast. If you like it, let us know, share it around, and uh, should we see you on the road? <laughs>